welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of the show. Today we are here with Wendy Glavin, a 30-year marketing executive, an agency owner, published writer, technology columnist, a global speaker, and also the creator of Decode Your Value. I'm so excited to have you on, Wendy. How are you today? Good. Thank you, Destine. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I'm so glad that you're well and that we're able to just hop on this call today. Yeah, me too. Right before Thanksgiving. So very celebratory. Yes. Yes. I'm very grateful. (laughs) Yes, me too. I'm very grateful. Oh, that's good. So let's get started. What did your agency do and how did you start it? Okay. So, um, My dream was to be an actress or a lawyer. So (laughs) I majored in acting in college. My professor said I was too dramatic. So I figured, oh, maybe communications needs dramatic people. So my first job was working in-house at GE, which I had no desire to do prior, you know, um, you know, I had these acting and law school dreams, but my parents were not supportive. So I had to take the first job I I got, which was working in-house at GE. Um, and then I worked, um, I worked there for five years being surrounded by engineers, technologists, you know, data, data scientists, it helped me understand complex technology terms. So from that point onward, it sort of unbeknownst to me, I became viewed as a technology communication specialist. Mm. So it took me a year to get a job at 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 an agency. I lived in Philadelphia at the time. So I worked at a full service agency. My first account was a division of DuPont, then got married, I'm divorced, but moved to uh, New York City uh, and worked for Burson Marsteller, which is now Burson Conan Wolf in-house again, and managed a a large division of IBM. Mm -hmm. So with all that sort of traditional marketing communications education, then I went off on my own This is a little bit complicated, but we had the the wonderful opportunity of living in the south of France. Mm -hmm. So I founded a jewelry business importing jewelry from France to the U.S. And um, this is kind of crazy to say, but to get my ex-husband works on Wall Street. So to get divorced, you need like a big chunk of change. So my girlfriends threw me, let's get Wendy, uh, get a divorce party. And and I made $30,000 on that jewelry cash. Wow. So you went into the lawyer's office. It's like five, 10, 20. Um, so from that point on, I then became a full-time consultant. So I worked for agencies nationally, an agency in um, Canada. I've probably worked across most industry sectors. And then uh, I was working remotely full-time for an agency in Chicago. I was in New York City. I lived in New York City for 30 years. And um, uh, one of my clients, FinTech, financial technology and AI startup, he said to me, um, you know, I don't really want to work with this agency. Can I um, hire, can I hire your agency? So I, I, I said, I don't have an agency. And kind of how this started was, he said to me, um, boy, you know, social media costs a lot to manage for an hour. And I said, what it's like, I think at that time, like $30. So 
So I said, you think they're, let's, let's just make an easy number. You think $50 is a lot? He said, no, I'm being charged 150 an hour. So I didn't know any of that. So mm -hmm. I was being triple billed out. So that was the reason I founded my agency. I founded my agency to charge the value of the service. So I am not going to double and triple bill people because it's just, it's not who I am. Like I'm a very ethical, honest person and, you know, managing social media for an hour, it doesn't cost $150. I'm sorry. So I like uh -huh. to say that I, I founded my agency to, um, based on the value of the service and that's how I charge people or that's what I shouldn't say charge people because it's always a mutual collaboration. So I founded my agency in 2016, August of 2016. I was told, and I, you know, I want your audience to hear this. There's so much competition, like can't start an agency. There's just so many agencies, but you know, the big key, and this is going to relate to your point about decode your value. So I've never defined myself by the work I do. I define myself by my life skills. So mm -hmm. I created this process. I mean, I don't want to get off track with what we're talking about, but I created this process during the pandemic to teach other people to look back. So if you look back at your core values, your background, your experiences, relationships, and interests, you have no competition because nobody has the same. So each of us are unique. So that's that was sort of my feeling about me starting my agency. And that goes to your audience, like whatever you want, whatever you want to do in life. I mean, don't use the excuse of there's too much competition, you know, figure out like your life is completely different than other people's. So mm -hmm. it's how you really differentiate yourself. So I got, you know, involved with tech accounts, startups, several blockchain, um, fintech and AI, um, got involved with data privacy, went to South by Southwest. So, you know, heavily involved with technology. And prior to that time, I, I was doing event coverage, attending events and covering events. So I had a press pass. Um, mm -hmm. So I, um, so, you know, I did pitch decks and, you know, gave the media training and, you know, just a whole, a whole lot of different things. So um, you know, I've worked in publishing. I, I would probably say other than sports, there's probably maybe no industry I haven't worked in. And the thing is, if you have like the basic overall, like foundation of marketing communications, the umbrella, and then all the different things that fall under it, like PR, social media, digital media, video editing, I mean, sorry, video, you know, video marketing, email marketing, et cetera. Yeah. You know, you can really work in any profession. Like it doesn't have to, like, in fact, for right now, I, I mentioned to you beforehand that I moved during the pandemic, I moved to, moved out East. So I live in the Hamptons now. And, um, you know, it's wonderful because I'm surrounded by trees and nature and not looking outside at big skyscrapers and hearing, you know, fire engines and police and all that. <laughs> so, you know, since I've been out here, I've been sort of rethinking because I was like really in the heart of technology, like going to a ton of events. I was a judge at a global blockchain event. I mean, I was heavily involved networking, going to events, participating in events, you know, really involved. So, you know, now things feel different. Mm. So um, 
there's one thing that I'm working on, but I can't say, mm-hmm. but it's something big, but I can't say. And I, you know, feel very strongly about continuing. I've written many articles on Decode Your Value. It's a way to give back. I created with my team a digital tree, my digital tree. And so at the bottom are core values. And then there's like core life experiences. So perhaps I have like children, divorce. You know, we lived in France. France, then I go into business things like marketing, B2B, you know, those sorts of things. So then in each of my articles, there's a PDF for people Mm -hmm. to download and with directions to create their own life skills tree, digital tree. So that way you can sort of see yourself through a broader lens. Mm. Um, So I would say that that's how I've like continued to keep going. I actually have um, a new uh, business meeting today after this uh, podcast. It's in a totally different perfect, like totally different. Yeah. Um, but the, it goes back to the same point. He, the the, um, the um, CEO called me and asked me, he said to me like, um, so I got, so is this Wendy, Wendy Glavin agency? I said, yes. He's like, are you a press secretary? I'm like, no, press secretaries are like for the president of the United States. So he's like, well, what is it like? what is it that people would say that you do? So I I said to him, like, what people? Do you mean like my three grown sons? You mean my ex-husband? You mean my friends? You mean my colleagues? You know, so he laughed. And so then I did that, what you did in the beginning, the 30 year. So we're having a call this afternoon, but it's sort of, and he said, you know, could you get us PR? Okay, this is also important for your audience. It doesn't work that way. You Mm. have to first make sure that all your own media, I'm not telling you what you don't know, but like, all your own media, your website, you know, your social media, you know, all this. I mean, I don't need to tell you, but to tell your audience, you know, you have to check your website, a whole bunch of notes here where there's misspelling, there's run on sentences, you know, there's grammar problems, which is pretty significant. Um, Also, it's important to have, you know, do social proof. So, not companies giving themselves accolades, like we're the best, we're excellent, like our products are the best, you know, no, mm. it's, it's like, it's, it's like me saying, oh, my three sons are like the, the greatest sons and like the whole, of course I'm going to say that. What credibility do I have as a mom? Yeah. So, you know, that's like one of the things that I was going to, you know, discuss with them. So mm. it really goes back to like the heart of your own media and that are you can cons- like, for example, there's different companies under this, which is also confusing. So mm-hmm. it's like, make it as simple as possible and interactive websites. So it's not, you know, people don't have time to read tons of text. Um, my website, actually, I need to redo it. It's, it's too text heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I, in terms of like, you know, getting clients and building my business and I hate to use these words, but like pivoting or moving into something else, it's really about research. Like I feel that most of us can learn, I mean, not everything, but we can learn a lot. I mean, there's so many free courses and go on YouTube and, you know, it's endless. I mean, it's as simple as if you want to learn about marketing, like go pick up a book and read about marketing. There's endless books about marketing. So I think that people forget, they don't, you know, for example, I did a lot of research when I have this call later today. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the industry, the competitors, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, if people put in the time and really do research, that's like your, a competitive advantage. There's so many people that don't do research. You know, typically every single day I wake up, I check Twitter, not to check followers, to read up on like, what are the latest trends? Like a meet like today, not, you know, two months ago. Mm. And that's the other thing about, you know, being really relevant and knowing, you know, staying abreast of the emerging trends. Um, you know, something I was, I don't want to use this example, but I was mentioning like, we need to be aware that, you know, we're in very dis divisive times. Like mm -hmm. we can't ignore that. I mean, mm -hmm. if you just go through, you know, all the different things that are going on, the, the high interest rates, the, you know, the economy, the, you know, the elections, the Ukraine war, the, you know, it's just, so you have to be, I was saying like, we have to be really sensitive to like our environment. Mm -hmm. So even something like happy Thanksgiving, this is sort of a very simplistic point, but, you know, I don't want to post that because, you know, people have lost loved ones. People are suffering. People like don't have jobs. So mm -hmm. I was searching for more of like a saying about being grateful. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's important to, to stay abreast of emerging trends, do a lot of research. Um, you're too young, but there was a show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And you mm -hmm. could phone a friend. So I have what you would call phone a friend. So if I need uh, to learn about like a complex financial something, I'll call my ex-husband. If I need to learn about, um, I'm just giving an example, like baking, I'll call my friend in France. Like, mm -hmm. so I have these like phone a friend. So I, I look towards other people for their expertise. And I, mm -hmm. I very much believe that, you know, the best teams are a combination of like diverse skill sets and Something that's um, that is trending now is that high companies are starting not to hire for based on resume and pedigree, so to speak, but you know based on your skills. Which is why to code your value is really important. Anyone could go to my website under news. There are many articles on to code your value, and you know it, it will. I found for myself that. I forgot about things that I loved. So, mm. you know, for example, taking pictures, I totally, I just forgot. That's something that I love to do. And I absolutely mm. love to take pictures of nature. So I have a, um, a really wonderful business coach, the best. So she was saying to me, Wendy, you know, you love the beach and water and you have something, why don't you take a, take a picture, like one of your beautiful pictures and frame it above your bed, like a relaxing photo mm -hmm. of like the water, which is what I did. So it, it helps you like remember things that you forgot that you love to do. Yeah. So that's sort of the purpose of decode your value. And that's like the shift, a bit of a shift that I've made, not to say I'm not, as you know, I'm not, not having clients, but I just want to, um, I really, you know, it's just there if on a daily basis, not only on the news, but you know, colleagues, friends, you know, tragedies. So mm. I, you know, I want to really like help people to find their, it sounds very cliche, find their passion. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and even if you don't have a passion, mm -hmm. 
you can discover it. But again, it, it, uh, to me, it starts with looking back. Now, here's a really good example. And he'd be furious if he, my, my middle son, Will, lives in LA. He majored in English at Tufts, graduated, moved to LA, worked for Sony, worked for ICM, mailroom agent, you know, floater agent assistant. Then he was hired by the president of Marvel and moved back to New York, lived with me, moved out here with me. Then he wrote two books, one about self-published, one about growing up in Manhattan private schools, but dark side. And mm. the second book was takes place out here called Silhouette South of 27. So I did that was publicity and things I did for him. He his dream was to be in the New York Post. I got him in the New York Post. I didn't know anybody. Everybody's like, wow. must have known people. I wrote, I said, you. I read, what I always do is read what editors are interested in, study what editors are interested in, journalists are interested in, and then add to what they're talking about. Mm. So features editor, I guess she must've been talking about private schools. So I wrote and just said, oh, I thought you might be interested in interviewing Will Glavin about his new book. Then she said, is this your son? So I said, yes. And then she said, could I possibly get the real schools that he went to? So it's a whole big page six that mm -hmm. I had framed of like when he was a little boy. But why I'm bringing this up is I think he, while he majored in English, I think he forgot about the fact that like he is such a strong writer mm. and now he's actually making a movie. Wow. Yeah, he's only 29 years old. So all I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's because of me or him hearing me with the decoder value, but you know, the fact that he's gone back to writing. And then we were talking about um, in terms of the movie when his, his goal is April 1st. And then he said, you know, I'm going to need to find a job, but he doesn't want to work. He, he's going to be a producer, director, that sort of thing. So I said, you know what? You're writing. You can like tutor people with writing. So he, he said, isn't that so competitive? Aren't there so many people around? I said, I know mm -hmm. you're you're 29 years old, you're grammarian. It's like, forget about the competition. I mean, just forget about the competition because then you'll never do anything. Yeah. I mean, everything is, is has competition. So, yeah. um, um, so I, I think I'm, uh, I feel more pa passionate about helping people. Mm. So I think, you know, other than clients moving more into consulting, Mm. on decoder value and helping people, you know, rediscover or uncover what are their, you know, what they really love to do. When we were kids, we, there were plenty of things we loved to do, which, you know, people mm -hmm. tend to forget about. Yeah, I love that. Wow, you have so much experience and it's been just insightful listening to just oh, you. thank you. Stories. Yeah. I love that you said that you're passionate about helping people. You know, we do often hear that everyone says, oh, this industry is oversaturated. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's so important that you're just emphasizing the importance on just minding your own lane. Just keep going. Yeah. And the other <laughs> thing know? is be personal with people. Like the, the thing yeah. is, I think one of the things, an advantage of the, which is terrible to say, but like an unlikely advantage is like we've all sort of merged our not we all, but merging personal, mm -hmm. professional persona. You know, yeah. before we got on the on the on on the podcast, I told you I have a puppy, and I was afraid he was going to bark. You know, years ago we wouldn't say that type of thing. Oh yeah, it's never so like be, oh oh my kids are crying in the background. Like sorry, you know those types of things. Mm 
Yeah. I think it's really important to merge personal and professional. For example, the guy that the company I'm talking to later today, he called today to check if I received the link, uh, Zoom link. And then you know what he said to me, which I was really, it meant a lot. And this is important for people to know. He calls me up. He said, did you get the link? I said, yes. He said, oh, are you excited about your son coming today? Aww. The guy doesn't even know me. I mean, that was just so nice. So sweet. It's important to make a, a personal connection. So yeah. another example is LinkedIn. The amount of LinkedIn, you know, in mails I get, hi, would love to connect to expand my network. And I'm never yeah. mean, but delete. <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> wrote to me today, like, Wendy, you know, uh, I'd love to get to know you better. I find your writing like really inspiring or something like that. So when you're connecting with people, say something about them. Don't just be like, yeah. it's supposed to be two-way. Not, oh, I want to increase my followers. So please connect with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, take me on a date first, basically. Like, come exactly. on. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and oh, so I think yeah. I'm, I would, I think we, I think I'd call my, I mean, not, I, I think I would. I'm definitely a multitasker. So mm -hmm. like prior to this, I was taking notes on my meeting later and then, you know, um, like I'll do research later on X, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. so I think it's like making the best use of our time, yeah. not just, you know, scrolling and, you know, actually like being an active participant. Yeah. And the other thing, and you know, of course, but like for, for a new client, this is only, I didn't have no notice. This was yesterday and now we're doing it. He wanted to today. So, you know, to, I think the important things are be open to any opportunity because who knows what can arise from this. Okay. So yeah. be open to any opportunity, be true to yourself, be authentic. I got a call last week to do pitch decks, a bunch of writing, which was fine. But then at the end of it was an analyzed complex financial data. So he, they, he said to me, you know, we'd love to hire you. I said, I need to be honest with you. I said, I really don't feel that I have any expertise in analyzing complex financial data. All the other, you know, aspects would be fine, but I don't want to purport to be someone that I'm not. Mm. So he, you know, he said, well, you know, it's not that much financial data. I said, I really, I'm going to recommend you to somebody else. I think there's a person who's a much better fit. So I'm not going to take on something that I feel that is not something that is is an expertise of mine and vice versa. Like the person yeah. I spoke to, he doesn't know anything about marketing. So he was like really interested to hear what I have to say. And he's, mm -hmm. you know, does something different. So I think that's the best when you collaborate, you know, with different diverse, you know, skill sets and learn from each other. Absolutely. Yeah, we can get so far in life with support and people, businesses, people, you exactly. know. Yes, businesses, people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. With all your experience, you know, what would you say, what skill have you just were able to cultivate over time that's helped you with the creation of Decode Your Value? Okay, ask it again, because that's a great question. <laughs> so with all your experience what would you say with all your experience what skill have you had to water over time that's really poured into your creation for decode your value resilience 
I've been through a lot of trauma, a lot. Mm -hmm. I'll give you one example because I'm not going to go through a whole life story, but I have two knee replacements. And after I founded my agency, August 2016, I was in a taxi that crashed with a Mack truck. Uh, November 28, 2016. So I had to wear a full leg right brace locked for nine months. That was when I, we can talk about that, but this is right when I founded my agency. And then it turned out that they had, they were hoping that the MCL on my right knee replacement would heal, which it didn't. So I had to have an MCL replacement on my knee, my right knee replacement. And I'm now in PT again, and in a personal injury case. So you know, mm-hmm. that was like quite, it's quite significant. And also the personal injury because of COVID personal injury cases are heard in court. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been delayed, delayed, delayed. So it's why I'm talking about resilience. It's like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. what are my choices? It's like, I'm not, I don't feel that I'm as strong as I was last summer. So I thought to myself, okay, you know what? Maybe I should get a stationary bike. So when mm-hmm. it's snow and ice, you know, but it's, I think it's also being like an idea person, but an idea person comes from reading, from talking to people, from noticing yeah. things, you know, so. Wow. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, that just speaks so to I me. have a lot, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of trauma. And so it's resilience. It's like down, you know maybe to talk to friends, whatever it is that a person may need to do, but then like, we have no choice, either get back up or, you know, don't. Yeah. So yeah, I think, um, I, I would say also, I, you know, having support, which is what you're saying, just, you know, friends and family and, you know, mm-hmm. you want to, I mean, that definitely fills you up. I mean, it fills mm-hmm. me up. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how, um, you're asked very good questions, (laughs) thoughtful questions. Thank you. I'd say the other thing is, you know, the, the, is two things. One is speaking. Mm. I mean, that's something like even a GE, I, I, um, onboarded new employees and we actually work on classified government contracts. So Mm. I had a top security clearance. Anyway, I gave a lot of presentations. So I think the presentation skills that I learned in college, you know, from acting, I think that that's definitely helped because it's difficult for people sometimes to like go on Zoom and be natural. And, you know, people will say to me before podcasts, like, oh, what's the topic? It's like, I don't know. I mean, and actually I'm better extemporaneous. So, you know, as like a planned, you ask questions and, you know, I have to like memorize the answers. (laughs) Um, yeah. so I, Rigid. Prefer, I prefer not knowing ahead of time mm. but you know that's a skill that that you know I think that that's an important skill to develop because it's not just for this zoom but it's you know, when you meet people or I mean mm-hmm. I don't it's, it's difficult to say this to you because you're an agency person but you know it's like smile and talk to people network like wherever you go I'm not talking about mm. network like just be friendly. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Be friendly, smile, kind, and like, who knows what can happen. Yeah. And I really valuable skill. Yeah. So I think it's also, you know, just keep building on your strengths. My dad was my hero. He died at 68. He was an attorney. Mm. He used to say, build on your strengths, build on your strengths. Mm. So I would say that 
I had no idea, this is pretty crazy, that I was a writer. I never thought of myself as a writer, ever. Really? And I've, I've written since I was, you know, I mean, forever. Really? And my business advisor, Feel First Coach, is, her name is Deidre Breckenridge. She's wonderful. So she said to me, um, oh, um, so I, I wanted to recommend you to um, be a ghostwriter for the chief data officer of Google Cloud. I said, what are you, insane? I said, I can't, like, that's crazy. She said, no, I mean, I sent some of your articles and they're interested in interviewing. I said, there's no way. Okay, that's just ridiculous. Anyway, I did get the job. And I went, wow. in, and I went in there and I was intimidated, right? And the first thing that he said to me was, how did you become a published writer? Like, I'm, I'm asked to be on shows, but I don't have any written articles. Wow. So we ended up talking about that. So the whole thing it was, you know what I mean? Wow. Intimidating at all. He was a really wonderful person. So anyway, I would say that's the other skill that we sometimes forget the skills. You know, the things are easy. We take for granted. Mm. So it's no, I like to write. So I, I, be, I, was, uh, um, I was a columnist for equities. And then I, then they said that they thought it would be best to um, give, me, give me a column. So they called it Glavin, it's called Glavin's Tech Talk. And I wrote a lot of articles on like tech, the landscape of technology. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm welcome to do it. Just, I haven't felt that pull lately to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also like taking time, which I'm sure you would agree, taking time, like take a pause. Mm. You know, it's like you're overwhelmed or you're stressed or you're worried. I mean, not to sound so cliche, but take a walk or like change your scenery, meaning just even you go outside. Um, I think that that helps, you know, during these difficult times. Yeah, absolutely. It does wonders to your mind, body, everything. And call friends, call people, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't just send a text, like call people and, you know, show that you care and that you're grateful. Yeah. We're just so used to just texting now and like never <laughs> like calling is, it's just a lot more personable, which goes back to your points from the beginning. A lot yeah, more personal. Even like writing a handwritten note, like a thank you. No. Oh, what a dream <laughs> to receive that. That'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, just to transition, what would you say your agency's expertise is right now? I mean, it's hard because, you know, writing, I mean, writing, presenting, marketing, marketing strategy. Um, I would say marketing strategy uh, I really know how to differentiate brands, how to build brand awareness. Um, a lot of the startups I work with were two people. One of them became in a year, hundred people, global notoriety raised, you know, 6.7 million, got them a page and a half in Forbes. So it has to do with one being honest with your client, telling them what will work and what won't work. And they either listen to you or they don't. I mean, I even would, he was at WeWork and I even went down and would have, I said, I think we, you know, we should talk about your new APIs. 
So he said, well, no one's interested in that and no one cares. And I said, okay, well, why was there a spread in McKinsey about APIs? Why was there an article in Harvard Business Review? Mm. So based on that, we got 45 earned media. But I had to really convince him. But the convincing wow. goes down to research. Mm. I knew that that was a good thing to do because I did research and I saw that that's what was people were talking, I mean, you know, publications were talking about. Yeah, kind of your everyone's power, like just do research. It's crazy to me. Just do research. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's such a good point. There's so many resources available. We have the world at our fingertips now. (laughs) Like, go even if you hate Musk, okay, like just go on Twitter and like read a couple articles and like you're all set. Yeah. And and the other thing I think it's to learn from people of all ages. Mm. I learned a lot from my boys, you know, prior to, I was a judge at a global blockchain. Um, It was a pitch fest. And I noticed that there were several gaming companies. So when my son, Will was home, we were in New York. I said, like, I had to go on in like five minutes. So I said, listen, Fortnite is like a big game that the kids play when they're younger. So I said, yeah. listen, just in Fortnite, do you buy like the, the weapons and the skins? And, the, and he said, no. And I said, well, why would pe- do people do that? And he said, yeah. I said, why? He goes, I guess it m- makes them feel like their characters are cooler. He said, but it doesn't change their ability. So it's like complete waste mm-hmm. of money. That's it. That's all he said. So then I get on the thing and these gaming companies are talking about, oh, yes, and we're going to get millennials. And so then I said, how are you going to get millennial? Uh, how are you going to get millennials? If weapons, whatever the, the phrases are, um, don't in any way impact the player's ability. Mm. So it's, that's what I'm saying. I'll draw from something, for, you know, or my youngest son, there's this new app this summer came out, Be, Be Real. Have you heard of that? I have not. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so he had, there were a couple Be Real parties out here. It's a, it's a social media app that mm. is what they say is like, you're being really real. They send you a notification per day and whatever you're doing, you have to post. So I'm saying for like, let's say people like no makeup, but like what happens if I'm walking? It's like, okay, like you have to send a notification. It was so funny. So I knew nothing and they give them be real bracelets. So he's 23. So I'll say in that age group, they think this Mm -hmm. is like the coolest thing. And then Mm -hmm. SNL did this skit on be real. It was so hilarious, but <laughs> so the thing is, but, and then I sent it to friends of mine who had never heard of Be Real. Yeah. But all that means is you can learn from anybody or anything. Mm. I mean, I mm. like that too. It keeps me young and like EDM music. Like I love EDM music. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I yeah, do. there's so much... That's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> it's kind of a lot for me personally. You know just, EDM? I mean, this is silly. Do you ever yeah. hear a Kygo or a Vici? No. Oh my God. You have to listen to them. Kygo, well, Avicii killed himself. Sorry to say that, but oh. he was the number one DJ in the world. Really? Kygo. And what Kygo does is like, for example, Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. my son told me it's called this state and then has a song with Whitney Houston that he created, but yeah. it's so fantastic. So that's what I like. It's interesting, EDM. Wow. You know, I hear it at concerts and 
you know, places sometimes, but it just feels like it's like just in your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think it's like I, for example, we because we grew up in Philly, Philadelphia. We were Phillies mm. fans. So the Phillies were in the World Series. Mm. So to your point, like I watched each night, but then you know, would talk to my son and be like, oh, well this play or why did this happen? Mm. Or so it's not what you're saying where it's just like coming at you. Yeah. Not like I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. I would say that that's a big thing. I would say resilience and also having a learning mindset, like mm. always be learning. Yeah. Lifelong. Really cliche, but I mean, yeah. I could, I could have never imagined a decade ago that I'd be, I'd like, represent blockchain clients and help them raise money and wow I could have never imagined that or I helped um an attorney who does business between Russia and Ukraine he's yeah. a lawyer raise money for Ukraine mm -hmm. um so all these different things and it just it makes life like interesting and exciting yeah. and learning and so that way you're never bored or tired or you know depressed like not, not that you're not, people are not depressed, but I'm just saying, you know, you can change your mindset. Yeah. We need that to keep our, like, to keep going, to get excited about something else, to get curious, you know, exactly. to expand. Yeah. You read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. I've never read that book. Okay. No. So that I'd recommend to everyone. Really? So there's two types of mindset. One is fixed. So the example she uses so let's say, and I'd be a good example. Like I got like a C in math and, you know, I wasn't good in math. So I just figured, well, I'm not good in math. So like I suck in math and I never learned, you know, finance. Yeah. Um, but a growth mindset says, okay, well, you know, I don't know about finance or I'm not good in finance. So now let me figure out how I can, who can I go to? What can I read to learn? Or go to my professor and how can they ask them, you know, for extra help, that sort of thing. So those are two mindsets in, in her book. She talks about we all can have a positive mindset, but it's a little bit more intellectual. It's not yeah. like it's not a self-help book. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's huge. You know, just like that lifelong learning, what you mentioned before is just so important. What would you say you're currently most proud of right now on your journey? Yeah, well, this is not the answer you're going to want to hear, but I'm going to say my three grown sons. Oh, no, that's a perfect answer. I'm most, I mean, not that, I mean, yes, of course, they have my genes, my ex-husbands, but I mean, I'm just so incredibly proud of them and feel so lucky. So I, I'd say that, I mean, the one is making a movie, one works for Toast, which had an IPO before he joined. Another one works for Gartner, was just sent to Australia at 23 years old for like a conference. Wow. So, no, they're and they're just really down to earth and loving and respectful and even more so than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I love when I ask this question to agency owners and they mention their family or just things that, was, that are have to do with life. Family. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing. Exactly. Yeah. The money more than, well, no, the, the most important thing is our health. 
Next yeah. to that, I would I would say our family and friends and and you know support. But yes, I'm most proud of my sons. We'll say yeah. in spite of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, just a transition. What would you say is your biggest rock to move on your journey to seven figures? I think it's really this. I think it's my physical limitation. Mm. Um, I mean, I used to ride a bike 30 miles, ski, ice skate, everything. So I'm very limited. So again, instead of being like limited, I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm going to, I actually said to my Mm. sons, Hey, listen, you know, we're actually Jewish. My ex-husband's Irish Catholic. So we celebrated both. I'm like, Hey, I have an idea. Like I started to go on the bike at PT. I did four minutes, but I, you know, I used to do, you know, a long time. What about, they're like, you mean for your birthday? I said, for everything, my birthday, for Christmas, for Hanukkah. I said, yeah, get me a stationary bike. So Mm. it's like to keep, like go around what your limitations are. So once Mm. I go on a bike and I love that, then I'll get up to 30, 40 minutes and I'll, I'll be, stronger to be able to go to more events and stand and you know network like I've always done I think because I moved here and it's uh, a very high house Mm. 25 steps up to the second floor 25 steps up to the third floor outside 10 steps to get in so you can imagine go up and down the steps and you're like exhausted yeah so um yeah, so that's my new goal. So I, I would say that's the biggest hurdle. Get myself physically stronger. Because yeah. mentally I am, but get myself physically stronger mm-hmm. so I'm not, I don't feel limited. I can go to any event, I can go to the city, I can, you know. It's my puppy. <laughs> watching him. I don't want him to we locked down barking. <laughs> Yeah, I can't hear at all anything. No, well, he's not. He's now being a little bit naughty. So I'm just watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm also proud that, I mean, I bought this house by myself. Mm. I own a house. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I own a house in the Hamptons. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm proud of myself about that. Yeah, that's something to be proud of big accomplishment you know for somebody my age it's not my ex-husband who bought me the having he's busy like saying my son's oh well like if something happens to mom like I get that house like god like now I have to go create a will to make sure you boys get this house instead of dad (laughs) 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 funny like of all times now like oh I'll get the house what am I supposed to do create a will like what kind of thing is that to say (laughs) But I'll say that to my husband. I'll be like, what kind of thing is that to say? Oh, I was <laughs> kidding. Or, oh, I didn't mean it. Or, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, he means it. No, he definitely means it. Really? <laughs> He's a Wall Street guy. That's what mm. they're about, money. That's why when you mention about money, I don't really like to talk about money. Not because that's not, that's not what motivates me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, motivates, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get on to, with him. Okay. But I'm saying, you know, people in finance, their day is making money. Yeah. 
getting more money from their clients, getting another half a percent if you're like a bond salesman. So, you know, I don't think that the focus should be money. Like, oh, I need money. I want more money. It's more like, don't focus on lack, focus on what you have and focus on like what you can build on your own. Yeah, absolutely. We'll use one more example to help the audience. This is just an, an example, an analogy. The photo I made above my bed there's this frame company where it's just glass. It's very inexpensive. You just upload a photo and, you know, maybe that's something I'll do more. Maybe I would sell, you know, nature photography. I'm, I'm not saying I will, but I'm saying at least put, uh-oh. Oh, it's okay. I can't hear. Okay. Get out, get out, get out. How much longer? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> But, you know, just to wrap up, I can ask you, you know, do you have any last advice for agency owners listening to this or your peers listening to this? Yes. So agency advisors and peers, like, be personal with people, make an emotional connection, focus on the customer. I mean, the agency people know this, focus on the customer. I'd say most importantly, be honest. Say what you can do, not and what not what you can't say what you can do and you can't do, but yeah. don't make promises and then have people come back to you and be like, I thought you said I could, you know, get in in uh you know tech crunch and you didn't get me in tech crunch. Yeah. So I would say be honest and you know be collaborative. That's something that I do too. I don't do like set price, like you need to pay this retainer per month. It depends on where they are. So like, where are you? Are you a startup? How much money have you raised? That kind of thing. So we come up with it in a mutual, mutually agreed upon way. Yeah. I don't want to tell big agency people that charge out that double and triple bill their people, but you know, that's, what can I say? I mean, it's a business. So I guess, you know, <laughs> but it's just not something I believe in. So I also yeah. to be like really ethical and true to yourself and your own values and not to compromise those. Yeah, I think that speaks to your integrity. And um, I mean, all of us can find, so that I'd like to say everybody, agency owners, my peers, anybody listening, please go to my website, Wendy Glavin Agency, go under the news tab, look at all the articles on Decode Your Value and really look into it. You'll be, you'll be amazed what you'll find. If you do this, these kinds of exercises on your own, and they're, they're not difficult, you know, you'll be amazed. Mm. Yeah, thank you for your piece of advice. And how, answering the last question was, how can people get in contact with you? So is there any other way people can get in contact with you or is it just your website? Oh, no, no, no. So um, no, please email me at Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y at Wendy Glavin. I'm going to spell Glavin which is my ex-husband's fault. G is in George, L is in love, A is in apple, V is in Victor, I is in ice cream, N is in nancy.com. Wendy at wendyglavin.com because people always misspell that. Of course, because Glavin is sort of a hard. Also, I'm on Twitter, Wendy Glavin, Instagram, Wendy Glavin one, LinkedIn, Wendy Glavin. What else are we missing? Facebook. No, Facebook actually is a little bit more personal where I have pictures of my kids and yeah. You know, 
dogs. And so that's my Wendy and my maiden name Zucker, Z-U-C-K-E-R Glavin, Wendy Zucker Glavin on Facebook. <laughs> and, um, you know, you could call me 917-680-8517 is my cell. Um, connect with me on social media and I'd love to, you know, be involved and know you and know your work and what you do. And so. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was so much fun to talk to you today, especially right before, you know, with the Thanksgiving week. I know. Yes, perfect. And insightful. And I'm certain listeners will really enjoy this one. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Nice meeting you. Bye. Nice meeting you as well.